Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Okay, let's just get this out of the way early on. If you watch this episode, you will know this wasn't one of the best ones. I can't lie. I want to be upfront with you guys and say 0% part of us is going to lie and tell you this was cinematic genius, as I like to always say. No, it, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst, but it just wasn't up there for us. No, yeah. I think <laughs> you and I get panicked when this happens because I feel like we feel the pressure you know what I mean? Right. It, it, well, because it's not our fault that it's bad, but then it feels like it's our fault when it's bad. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, for me personally, and I'm, as we'll get into this, we did get to see a little bit kind of of the start of Corona. I would imagine this was filmed sometime mid-February, mid to late February. And that was interesting just to be able to look back. But aside from that, it was a lot of fluff. That was actually my least favorite part of the episode. Why? It just felt very like anxiety provoking. I don't know because, you know, the only thing I can compare it to is when um, there's like a a character in a movie or a TV show where they're time traveling and like the major events happening and they're trying to warn everybody, but they can't because no one like knows they're there or they can't know that what's going to happen in the future or whatever the plot of the movie is. Like, that's how I felt watching this, where I wanted to be like, oh my God. Like you guys are being so nonchalant about it. You guys aren't taking it seriously enough. You don't know what it's about to happen. Like it's not their fault. We were all in the same position, but I just felt like watching it in retrospect was so like, just, it made me so anxious. Yeah. It's kind of like, there's nothing you can do. There's a real helplessness that kind of comes over you in these situations. Right. And also the whole integration of Corona into TV, where it's like with reality shows, it's obviously different because- you can't take that element out of it. Like it's, it's, that's the reality. But I almost feel like I'm living it now. We're still not in the clear. I don't want to like restart it from the beginning now. Yes. 
It's very true. And there's a real difference between scripted and reality because I see a lot of scripted shows are making a point to incorporate it, which I think people probably have mixed opinions on, but I'm very much on your side about that of kind of like, I want my television to be an escape from what's currently happening. So I personally feel no need to relive it. Exactly. That's what I mean. I, I guess everyone's different. A lot of people like when it's timely and they can kind of connect to what's going on. For me, I'm like, I want to go to a place where there is no Corona. Oh, I don't even remember. It's impossible to. It's actually so weird watching it back because you're trying to remember what you were thinking and what you felt like at this time. Well, it's, I mean, at the very beginning when, around when this was filmed, you know, we all had that same mindset of like, okay, a little three week break and then we'll get back to it. We had no idea what was going to, what was going to be the case, which we'll see because a lot of this episode, they flash different news articles. So we see different stats and comparing it to where we are now is just really, really crazy. But yeah, what a ride. I don't know. Listen, no, Julie, I guess they all can't be great episodes, right? No, no, they can't be. Okay. Well, we will do our best. Just bear with us. And let's just all say a collective prayer that next week is a little better. Because I know we're getting to the good stuff. I just also know we are not there yet. Amen. <laughs> also, one thing, obviously we'll talk about it on Monday, but this happened last night. Gigi and Zane, as you all know by now, had their baby. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to see pictures. I can't wait. That little baby's manicure, How? I've never felt so inferior in my entire life. That should be, number one, the thing that motivates you to get a manicure. And second of all, did you see someone inbox us and was like, so is David Foster sending that baby a piano for their perfect <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, let's just do it, right? Let's do it, kid. So we basically pick off where we left off last week in Chloe's backyard and they are still explaining to Chris that this entire thing was a prank. She wasn't her in the pictures. And I think Chris, because again, I said last week, and I think you agreed with me, we're going to pretend that this was true for the sake of this episode. And I genuinely thought that this prank was legit. A lot of the ones are total bullshit, but I genuinely thought that I could sense her reaction of kind of shock. Yeah. Um, so they're filling her in that this whole thing was a joke. And I think that Chris Jenner was having this moment of things don't get past me. So like, how did you pull this off? You know what I mean? Not, not even more so. It doesn't matter what the prank was about, but it was more so the fact that she was genuinely fooled and everybody was in against her or not against her, but was in on it. And I think she's never normally in that spot, just being, you know, the controlling nature she has. So that was kind of for me, what was fun to watch. Yeah, it was also her slowly finding out how many people they had to go through to be able to make this work was really funny. Yeah, Chloe's like, we were about to have TMZ on our side. <laughs> so in her confessional, Chris says, these little bitches got me so fucking good, thinking that I was losing my mind and I'm a sloppy drunk. I'm not a sloppy drunk. I can't believe the amount of people that they really got involved in this. This was the all-time craziest perfect prank. So Scott says, so I think now you call Kim because she doesn't know that you know, so you can mess with her now. So basically in their confessional, Chloe and Scott are saying, you know, this was such an elaborate prank. It took us months, months and months. We're not just going to throw it away. Let's keep it going. So they kind of decide they're going to pass the torch on to Kim in terms of fooling her. Again. Also, I feel like we'd be remiss not to mention them in confessional doing the whole friends thing. Like they don't know that she knows that we know they know. There is few, there are a few things like, a Chloe and Scott confessional. And then on top of that, when they make a reference to either a TV show or a movie or something in pop culture, it's like, it's the best thing ever. I could watch an entire show of just Chloe and Scott in a confessional. Well, you know, something that I was thinking about was, 
I know we've kind of both been hypothesizing a lot as to what the future of Kardashian reality television looks like. Zero part of me would be surprised if Chloe and Scott themselves had a spinoff. I hope so. I, I think it's very possible. I think that would be best case scenario, actually. Because I could see them doing a show that involves like a third party. So not Revenge Body, obviously, Chloe's, but some sort of show when they take someone together and they do something. Like, I think they'd be really good as the hosts. Yeah. I don't know what it would look like, but I definitely, they just, they clearly have the best dynamic on the show. It would be such a missed opportunity to not do something with them as the stars of it. Yeah. Anyway, so Kim calls Chris back and she's like, what's going on? I'm in the middle of a shoot. And basically Chris is saying, you know, Christy sent me the pictures. They're going to release them. They have pictures of me. She's freaking out. And Chris is like, it's not funny, Kim. This could ruin my entire career. They have pictures of me peeing in the fucking street. And Scott is just there in awe of Chris's performance. Oh yeah. Scott is in awe of Chris this whole episode. (laughs) It was amazing. I love that. Yeah. It's so sweet. I mean, look, that's always an awe of Chris, but yeah. So next scene, we're at Nobu and it's Chloe, Kylie, Kim, Chris, and Corey. I have to tell you, I guess I forget how infrequently Kylie is on our screen because when she pops up, I like gasp. I know. I, I never expect her to be there. I kind of was like, oh wait, you're here? I was having that same reaction. Anytime she pops up, I'm like, who, how did you get here? Like, what is this gift? Also, don't you feel so comforted when they're at Nobu? I was going to say, they're, like Nobu to me is same as like Chloe's kitchen or any of their kitchens. I, I kind of just feel like it's another set. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it's good to be home, guys. Okay. So they sit down and this is kind of when the conversation regarding coronavirus and Kanye's fashion show starts to happen. But first, you know, uh, Kylie and Kim are deciding what to order. They want to get certain martinis. And Chris is like, you know, I'm only drinking water tonight. So in her confessional, you know, Chris is just saying, I told Chloe and Scott under any circumstances, do not tell anybody they know about this. And she, her goal is to kind of just torture Kim a little bit. I feel like she thinks if I got played, I'm going to pass that on. And Kim's asking the waiter if they have flavored sake because she wants Chris to try it. And Chris is kind of telling her to stop. Scott, Courtney, and Penelope show up. Penelope is Julie in the glue jacket. And the missing tooth. No, Penelope is an icon. 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 Penelope and North together is a very powerful energy because they're so different, yet both so powerful. (laughs) Yes. Right. Kids under the age of seven, there's a whole lot of power there. There's a lot going on. Not every kid has it. No. God, no. So again, this is when Kim introduces the idea of the fashion show and she says, you know, Kanye shows in Paris. I, it's going to be insane. We'd love you to come. And in her confessional, Kim says, Kanye's fashion shows are always this larger than life experience. They're not like a typical runway show. They've always been really beautiful and he loved Paris so much. So to go back and have a show there during fashion week is going to be such an amazing experience. Okay. Just to, you know, contextualize this for everyone. The Yeezy show was on March 3rd. So you can imagine this filming was going on sometime in late February. Right. And this is when Chris says, and you're right, Julie, now that I'm saying it, it is kind of eerie. She's like, wait, have you guys heard about this new virus? I've never heard of it. And Kim's like, the Corona one? Yeah. It's just too scary to be there. And in her confessional, Kim says, it's just a little bit scary just thinking of traveling because there's talk of this coronavirus circulating and no one really knows a lot about it. But as of right now, Fashion Week is still on and I talk to many friends and people there that are in Paris and everyone feels super comfortable. So I'm really excited. Weird. 
it's weird, right? You're right. It is very, very, it is very bizarre to watch that. And, you know, as it goes on and they start doing the different news reports once they're in Paris and they kind of open up the scene with like the, the cases of Corona increasing and the panic kind of starting around the world. And there's one part where they show a news clip and it's like cases rising 1600 cases and 35 dead. And like at the time that was an, an insane number of cases. And then you look at it now and you're like, how, like, how is that? You know what I mean? Oh, I know. Yeah. It's funny though, because I think there's so many memes about that, how we all thought like, okay, well, we'll get back to our lives in like mid April. We really thought it was like a three week kind of fluke. I know. Well, like when I was, when I left the city to come back home, I packed like for a week's worth of clothes because I wasn't thinking. It was so weird. When I went back to my apartment for the first time, like, I don't know, a week ago or whatever, just to see it, I, it was so crazy how certain little things that I had left in certain places were still there. You know, like I, I was planning on being home, like you said, for a week. And so I left certain things out and they were all just, it was so bizarre. It's really, it's very, very bizarre. And like, I think we've all gotten so used to it in a way. Like we've, we've kind of, at least in my case, I think adjusted surprisingly well to like our entire world being shifted. So when you watch it in reverse, when you're like, what was my life like then? It's very, very strange. Well, it's also because we, it's very rare that you would have this type of footage of like a pre-corona time. Like we don't have, I guess what I'm saying is that we, the average person don't have our, um, like contemplating what Corona is on camera. So it's, this is, this is unique footage regardless of who the family is. And you know, what's funny is that it is unique, but it's exactly the same as everyone else's. Exactly. I'm just saying it's unique to have it. Yeah. Everyone else had like, like, yeah, not everybody was contemplating going to Paris for fashion week, but everyone was kind of sitting around with their family and their friends trying to gauge what this was going to be like, how bad it was going to be. If it's in Europe now, is it going to come to the United States? Is there going to be a travel ban? Like all of these things that we just did not know at the time. And we were all having such similar conversations about. It's kind of this, this exact conversation is kind of a metaphor to like the Kardashians versus your average person. And what I mean is, Yes, at the core of it, everybody is the same. Everybody is going through the same things. However, theirs are just elevated to this level of extravagance. So like they're ha- instead of at their dining room table, they're having the conversation at a private room in Nobu. Instead of talking about whether or not to like cancel the family trip to Florida, they're talking about whether or not to jet off to Paris for Kanye's fashion show for two days. Like it, it, technically it's the same route, but it's just the extravagance level is, is you know far higher. That's a really good point. And I was actually thinking about that last night. Not in the sense of like the extravagance level being different. I was just kind of thinking about the fact of, and this is a whole other point, but it just reminded me of it. Like kind of how much shit the Kardashians get for their extravagance and for their, you know, kind of showing off of their wealth. But then there was a part of me that was thinking about it. And it was like, you know, that's what we were all attracted to. Like that's what kind of made them famous. And that's what we, you know, really built them up on was being able to admire and like envy and and want to see everything that they have. So then I was like, is it hypocritical for us to then turn and be like, no, not anymore. We don't want to see it. 
I think about this all the time. It's, well, first off, it's a great point and it's a really interesting question. I, I don't necessarily think that I have the answer in this moment. However, it's the same reason that Housewives initially became such a phenomenon because it was this level of escapism. It's kind of like the show, um, The Fabulous Life Of, remember? Hosted yeah. by, yeah, those types of things. Like there's a level of escapism that comes from witnessing luxury on such a massive scale that I don't think your average person gets to see and wants to see it. So I think with the Kardashians, personally, I guess my belief is like, I don't ever want to stop seeing their extravagance. The only time that I ever think I personally criticize it is when the timing just feels so toned up. That's all. That's the only thing to me. It's like, I am so happy for you that you've worked for this. And if you can't afford this, you should do it. Like nobody should ever tell anybody else what they should do with their money. If they want, if Kylie wants to have Five million houses, let her do it. However, I just sometimes think the timing of the showing off can be a little bit poor, but that's not all of them. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Interesting though. Anyway, moving on. I don't know. I don't don't mind our tangents. They're kind of my favorite parts. I think especially in this episode, we're going to want a little uh, tangents. Listen, I'm not fucking with you guys. I I watched this and I was like, it's funny because I feel like normally when, when we record every time, I'm like, I'm just so happy to have this podcast. And obviously I still am. But for the listener, I almost feel a little bit guilty when the episode's not good. I feel like it's my fault. Like when the when the Kardashian episode isn't good, I'm like, oh, Julie, fuck this. What are we going to do? Like, you know what I mean? I know. We, we literally went through that before. I was like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What are we going to do? We're just going to recap it. It's not our fault. I know. I said, I said that she like had to calm me down. She's like, it's not our fault. Everybody will understand that. <laughs> Anyway, so the rest of the dinner was kind of just, Kim was introducing this other plot line, which was, again, it was pretty stupid. All the plot lines were pretty stupid besides the Paris one, saying that they got a new poodle named Bridget. It's actually the sister of Chrissy Teigen's dog, which, oh, I love a little bit of famous family. Uh, I can't believe they didn't mention the lineage of the dog. Yeah, why didn't they? I have no idea. I feel like they don't realize that people care. Like when two celebrities get a dog out of the same litter, that is, that's a new story. It's so true. They don't realize the the little things that that make it. It's funny though, because I saw before I saw the episode, I saw, I think it was E, uh, kind of like, you know, doing a clickbait headline, see the new woman in Corey Gamble's life, move over, Chris. And I'm like, before I even watched the episode, I was like, this has to be a fucking dog. How many people are going to click on that and be so goddamn annoyed and then find out it's a dog? Like, don't do that. I hate clickbait. I hate it so much. Like, that one, if you fall for it, I just feel sorry for you. But yeah, there's a lot of clickbait headlines where I'm like, Jesus. I know. Why? Why? Like, you know what's funny? Is that I guess I'm not like, I guess you and I aren't like everybody else. Like if you were just honest with me, I would, I would be more likely to read it. Same. I would want, I'd be like, Oh, I'm curious what the dog looks like. Right. Like look at, look at Corey Gamble's adorable new puppy. Right. Now open that fucking headline. Right now. So much rather see a puppy than think that Corey was cheating on Chris. Right. And out of principle, I'm not clicking on the headline just because I know you're fucking with me. So, haha, screwed yourself. <laughs> Don't fuck you. That's like the congratulations you've played yourself meme. Exactly. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. 
So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Next scene, we're in Chris and Corey's bedroom. And Corey's in in his confessional and he says, we're now dog parents. We got a rescue. I've never had a dog before, but we're doing it together and I'm happy about it. Just as long as Chris understands that she has to be a part of taking care of the dog team. She's got to pick up the shit sometimes. I literally felt like inserting a narrator. (laughs) She did not pick up the shit. (laughs) Who are you fucking kidding? Listen, Corey, you know the woman that you're with. Chris Jenner is not walking her dog. Let's Let's just be honest here. Also, like, you have a million people that can walk your dog for you. I know. And in her confessional, Chris says, I wouldn't exactly call myself a dog person, so I don't know what it is about this puppy, but it really grabbed my heart. And I know how excited Corey would be. It's really cute. He loves Bridget. Corey (laughs) does love Bridget. So the next scene, all these news reports flashed on the screen saying that the virus is looking to be more like a pandemic, but at the moment, there are no travel restrictions. So they're at Scott's house, Scott and Chloe. And Scott says, man, this is scary. Everyone in the world is talking about coronavirus. (laughs) Julie writes, Scott in a Jewish star necklace. What about a goddamn trigger warning, E? I know. And I can't handle. (laughs) Julie sends me a Snapchat and she's like, how badly do I wish that fucking chain was dangling over me? (laughs) You know, (laughs) usually I prefer a cross dangle, but I feel like I really made my ancestors proud with my fantasies last night. I got to tell you. I love when you have a Jewish fantasy. It's not that common. I, it, yeah, I know. It's really not. No, I know. I trust me. I I get it. Scott is just, you know what? Scott just has some swag. I gotta say it. He just does. I don't know what to tell you. I just love seeing him in a Jewish. It's like that picture of him at the wall. Remember a couple of years ago when he went to when he went to Jerusalem and he's at the wall, and I was like, "How is this legal?" And or when he's on the plane dipping the uh, apples in honey. Oh my god! A Shana from. Scott, stop. Can't handle it. Can't handle Sorry. So Chloe's saying that their family group chat is all they can talk about. And Scott's like, you know, I really think Fashion Week's going to get shut down. And they're, they're basically contemplating whether or not they're going to go. And Chloe's saying she doesn't want to go because if I get stuck there, you know, I don't want to be away from True for that long. And Scott is saying that at the moment, Courtney's plan is to take Penelope. He's like, so I'm not going to go and leave Mason and Rain because God forbid something happens. I don't want to leave them at home. And in her confessional, Chloe says, Connie is my family and I will do literally anything to support him. But more and more cases are coming up in Europe every single day and I don't want to potentially get sick. I don't want to risk getting someone else sick and there's talks that travel might be banned and if we go to Paris, we may be stuck there and I can't take that risk with my daughter. And Chloe says to Scott, I love Connie so much, I want to support him. And Scott says, we can write Connie and tell him we had fair reasons for not going. It wasn't anything about him or the show. That's the only reason we wanted to go. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I might be overdramatic, but there's just so much uncertainty. I don't feel comfortable traveling. Which for me, I was like, smart move there. Yeah, very smart. Also, 
I know Scott's growth is something we have discussed so many times and it's like so well established now, but a few years ago, there's very little things that would have kept Scott from going to Fashion Week in Paris. There are very few things that would have kept Scott from going to the Yeezy show in Paris specifically. Like, exactly. And and that's not to say that he was a bad father. His priorities, I just think, were very different than they are now. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Also, wasn't it funny that he said, we can write Kanye? Like, in my mind, I just saw this, like, calligraphy letter. (laughs) (laughs) I was was thinking of, like, a... (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) Sending a postcard. Sorry, Kanye, couldn't make it. Hope you have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's also funny how they... um, like they, they genuinely, I think, want to show their support. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they're they're a very supportive family. They are. So the next scene, they get there in Paris, and in her confessional, Courtney says, "We just got to Paris, which we're really excited about, but there's been a lot of talk about coronavirus and fashion week getting canceled. So we've been communicating with all of our contacts in Paris, people from Kanye's team, but with everything going on, no one knows yet." So they're at dinner. It's Kim, North, Penelope, and Courtney. By the way, what a crew! So Courtney says, I think we need hand sanitizer before we eat, which clearly they just kept in that clip now. And it's funny, like at the time, I think having hand sanitizer before you eat was not a norm versus I don't remember now a time when it wasn't. <laughs> right before Corona, like was like literally the last time we went out to dinner, I think me and Isabel went out to dinner and we're standing there waiting for our table. And this girl had come out from the bathroom and she had toilet paper on her shoe and her friend like told her to take it off. And Isabel was obviously like in full Corona mode, even though it, it really wasn't an issue now. So the girl takes the tissue paper, like the toilet paper off her shoe and Isabel walks over to this random stranger and gives her Purell. And I was like, Oh, it's starting. I was like, this is the, if I had to mark the moment that Corona started, it would be Isabel walking over to a random girl at a restaurant to give her Purell. That's the most classic thing I've ever heard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're all just sitting down and in her conventional Courtney says, I just hope Kanye's show still happens. We really weren't coming to do the social fashion week thing. It was just more about supporting Kanye and his show and really spending time with the girls. So Kanye shows up to dinner. He has his sunglasses on. This was like, if someone were to take a picture of this table, this would be to me the way that I forever see Kim and Kanye, you know? (laughs) Kanye with the sunglasses on indoors, leaning back. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally. And Kim's like, guys, how lucky are we? We're in Paris, my favorite place here. And Kim's showing a picture of her and North the last time they were there when North was a baby and now. And I just wanted to say about this, I know it was a very minor point, but I, you know, Kim always says like she has all of her photos archived and she takes a lot of time to kind of organize them. Yeah. Like I genuinely believe these are the types of things that she enjoys, like looking at those comparisons and just having things so readily available for her to kind of look back on the last time she was here. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Especially with like, obviously, you know, she's gone through the process of archiving like the photos of her clothes and her fashion moments, but the ones of the kids are, yeah, they're so special to her, especially being in Paris and being able to take North and seeing how much she's grown. Like she was a baby the last time they were there. And, and Kim's like, Oh my God, you have that same Yeezus shirt in your size now. Like we have to recreate that. Like it's just such a Kim thing to do. And obviously every parent, for the most part, is so excited to have their baby pictures and be able to recreate them and take them places they went. But I think being in Paris for Kanye's show with North being able to be old enough and appreciate it, as opposed to the last time they were there, is so special for Kim. 
I think so too. I really do. I, yeah. <laughs> this is the, I have to tell you, honestly, Kim Kardashian inspires me to get my shit together with my pictures because I just know that, you know, when we're how, however old we are, are these pictures on our phone going to still be a thing? Like I need to get them printed. I need to get my stuff more organized. And you know what we were talking about what? in terms of printed photos, we have to print everything. Everyone looks so good in a printed photo because the quality is not as good and therefore everyone looks fucking amazing. It's like a natural grain effect. If you look at old photos, like especially photos like from before, like the 80s, 70s that your parents have, like even 90s when you're a baby, like everyone looks immaculate. Yeah, if we should we Julie, we got to do it. We need to start scrapbooking. I <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you're picture either of us, either of us scrapbooking. No, I'm, but I'm sure there's a service that does it. I, I don't think it's more about scrapbooking. I think we have to do just organizing all of our photos into albums. I don't think we have to like put stickers with it. Oh, Julie, do I strike you as the sticker type? Let me I just don't think that scrapbooking involves a, letter, a level of 3D stickers. Okay, well, I was just using that expression. I more so meant we need to put our pictures into albums. Fine. When I was little, I tried to scrapbook all of my family photos and it did not go well. Yeah, so don't don't take out your childhood upset on me for using the wrong word. <laughs> it wasn't the wrong word. It was the right word. Scrapbooking involves layering and, and stickering. I just wasn't very good at it. Although, <laughs> you ask my mom, she'll tell you I was excellent. <laughs> okay. So the next day... Kim and Courtney are getting dressed and we've seen these photos before, obviously, but again, something we love about the Kardashians, which we are all collectively mourning the loss of, we are now getting to see the behind the scenes. So Kim is squeezing into this latex outfit and I'm telling you right now, not that I never, ever need anything to remind me, but these are the moments where I'm like, thank the fucking Lord, I am not famous. I don't know how people do this. Like this to me is my worst nightmare having a full team around me squeezing into a fucking outfit that's probably so uncomfortable just so that I look epic in this one paparazzi shot. I, I was like having, my body was getting anxiety for her. She did look so good though. She looked insane, but nothing, nothing, no amount of money could get me in that. Yeah, so latex is not, no, skip, pass. Latex is not for the faint of heart. This isn't, you know, no, this, no, truly, I mean, and I feel like we've seen this so much with Kim. First, we see her in the corset with the um, Mugler at the Met. We're seeing this. It's like, and then we see Courtney fucking balding from her ponytail. Like, I don't know. To me, what is the price of fame? And when 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 it when this type of stuff comes up, I'm just like, nope. Next. I don't even think it's fame. I think it's just them specifically and the choices that they make in their fashion. Like, clearly, they don't have that line that exists for most of us, where it's like, okay this is just too uncomfortable to wear. Like everyone's threshold of what's comfortable enough to wear for the price of fashion, like the price of, of, you know, being uncomfortable for the way they look is different. For me, it happens to be incredibly low. You as well. Some people are higher. I think Kardashians are probably as high as it could possibly be. They never, even when they're in the most uncomfortable outfit, they never seem it. Yeah. You're so right. I think it's a skill. I, I don't understand. You I, have to train yourself for that. I, I truly, I mean this genuinely, I do not understand. I'm curious if people listening feel the same way. It's like, I, I can't even imagine. I, I truly can't imagine. I mean, I put a pair of jeans on the other day and I literally, I started writing a will. I know. 
Actually, I obviously know. Don't oh. put on jeans, guys. There's no reason to have jeans on. And then, and then you watch Kim squeeze into these things, and you're like, I'm complaining about jeans. How are we living? Like, uh, how? I'm like, I haven't put on a bra in four years. The, this thought of underwire gives me like a panic attack. Meanwhile, she's squeezing into this thing as if her life depends on it. Yeah, that was just a lot. A lot anyway. So in her confessional, she's saying that she didn't have a lot of outfits. So she texted Olivier from Balmain, told him, um, she said, yeah, I love the latex look. And he sent her everything over to the hotel. She's like, I was planning on wearing the latex look to the Balenciaga show, but Connie's doing Sunday service right before. So I have to go in full latex to church. Like as if it can't get more uncomfortable, then you have to sit in church. I just, there's just a lot. Julie. I my dream day, <laughs> minus the latex. Yeah, minus the latex, obviously. Sunday service and then the Balenciaga show. What more could you ask for? I don't know. She's out of breath. Actually, for me, so much more. That's like a lowest on my list. So <laughs> Kim is so out of breath and she's now putting on the matching coat and latex gloves. And she's like, this is like me as a housewife washing dishes. <laughs> I just can't. I just It's so good. I know. Like these are the moments, those little moments of like Kim Kardashian in the middle of Paris Fashion Week putting on her Balmain latex gloves and then just like holding it up as if she's washing dishes. Like those are the moments that Kardashians just give us that we just don't get on other reality television shows. It's just so crazy. I know, I know. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So next scene, we're back with Corey, Chris, and the dog. And basically, this is just continuing the plot line that Chris really isn't involved as involved as Corey would like her to be. Okay. Back in Paris, Kim, Courtney, North, and Penelope. And Courtney's saying that her, North, and P have been up since 4.30. She's like, we put on North the song, and at 4.30 in the morning, we danced on the bed. Me and North had a dance-off. North is singing right now, Julie. She is so cute. Adorable. Like, Adorable. literally the cutest. And in her confessional, Kim's saying, Connie's bringing Sunday service to France. He has so much on his plate with the Yeezy show, but I think Sunday service is just as important to him. So he's really excited to bring it to Paris. So they get out of the car to go to Sunday service. And in her confessional, Kim is saying that Sunday service is at this beautiful historical monument. It's a sunny cathedral. And she's saying it's a really big deal for Kanye because he's loved Paris so much. So be able to come back and have this service for the first time is really special. So Olivier comes, he's sitting with Kim and I think Kim is just, she, she, you can tell she has like palpable pride. Yes. Yes. And, you know, in it, she's saying, you know, 
it's just so beautiful to see it here and to see the whole Paris crowd watching and Kanye's peers. It was just so magical. <laughs> you, you, you wrote this note. I was going to say it too. The Kim trying to clap in latex. <laughs> she looks like Nicole Kidman in the meme. Yeah, she really does. So next scene, again, we're back with Corey and Chris and continuing this plotline. It was just so stupid, which is why we're not expanding on it. But basically, Corey makes reservations. They bring the dog and he's really just trying to get it into Chris's head. Like we did this and we're doing it together. It's not going to be a one person job. I can't spend more time on this. It's just so stupid. The only thing I will say is that Corey is so funny. Like Corey's whole thing right now is that he's trying to make Chris jealous of the dog so that she'll want to, you know, be more involved, even though those two things have no correlation. And if he never explained it to her, she never would have understood why he was doing it. Like, it's not like her feeling neglected was going to make her be better about taking the dog for a walk. Like there was no correlation. But what I will say about Corey is that he's so funny. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to bring the baby. And then he orders grilled chicken for the dog when they're out at restaurant. She's like, he's like, yeah, just like a slice of organic grilled chicken for my daughter, please. And he, I know that he's acting to make Chris annoyed, but he's genuinely believes that about the dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's genuinely, he thinks it's his daughter. Julie, I fucking love Corey. I love him. Me too. No, we're getting the, the Corey confessionals. I, I, I genuinely think he has a great stage presence. Oh my God. Yes. I've always thought so. Yes. I, I didn't always think so. I didn't know necessarily, but now he's kind of, he's more integrated. I love it. Anyway. Oh, I always loved the energy Corey brought. Sometimes I, sometimes I had my questions about Corey, but I always loved the energy. I loved the energy. I didn't necessarily know how good he was on camera. He was he didn't used to do confessionals. No, no. This is this is new. This is exciting stuff. So next scene, we're back in Paris. And again, they're opening with another news story about the spread of Corona. And we're at lunch with Kim, Kanye, Courtney, and a friend. <laughs> who is the friend? Well, they'll know who the friend is. <laughs> yeah, someone's gotta know. I don't know who the friend was. Well, you have to remember that we don't have it, it doesn't pop up for us. Oh, because we watched the screener. Right. Oh, did we just out ourselves? I think we're allowed to have the screeners because we've been releasing them 30 minutes after the episode ends and we've been releasing an hour and a half episode. So anybody who's pretty good at math could probably figure out that we had the screeners. I didn't, I didn't make the connection though about the, it not coming up until you said it. Yeah, because remember in the next scene when they're with Faye, the Faye doesn't pop up either. Yeah, you're so right. So anyway... I guess when we watch it, we'll find out too. But if anybody wants to tell us who that friend was, please let us know. I know she looked familiar, but I honestly don't know. Yeah. I get really, something happens. It's very bizarre. (laughs) I don't know if you have the same experience or I don't know if anybody listening has the same experience. But when, I mean, listen, I think we can consider ourselves experts in this field in terms of the Kardashian orbit. So when someone pops up and immediately I don't know not only their name, but like their birth time, (laughs) their occupation and their entire family's net worth, I get really thrown off and this random person. And I'm like, I know you, but I can't pinpoint it. And I feel unsettled. Also, I have this thing, which you know about me is that like, I'm so bad at recognizing faces. Like it's really an issue for me. So there are times where I get nervous that it's somebody that I should know. Like I'm so much more okay with the fact that maybe there are people in their orbit that I haven't met yet. And they're going to, you know, introduce them. We'll get to know them. It'll be okay. Like, I get nervous that they're introducing somebody that I've seen 10 or 20 times before and I still don't recognize their face without seeing a thing pop up under it. I think for me, it's like the, uh, in case we did know them, I would just be so embarrassed. Is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm so, like I'm already waiting for somebody to text and think idiots. That's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so they're all talking about Chloe and Scott not coming because of Corona. And Kim was saying that Scott was the first person to reach out and say he really wanted to be there for Kanye, but he can't. And Courtney was saying, you know, I really almost walked off the plane. And in her confessional, Kim says, because the virus is so unknown and you just hear it spreading, we didn't know what the fashion show was going to happen. So our plans kept on changing every day. You know, of course I'm disappointed Chloe and Scott didn't come, but I completely understand. I had to be really shocked Courtney went. I was like floored Courtney went. I mean, I guess to me, there's no shot she would have gone if Penelope wasn't going. I'm just shocked she took Penelope. Like it's just so uncourtney like Well, in her confessional, she's saying that everything is so uncertain. So the vibe, <laughs> the vibe is off, but she feels like everything is safe as long as they're being careful. And it seems like Kanye shows will happen. So Kanye is saying how the entire show is designed for the service industry. And Kim was saying, you know, it's small and it's invite only. So the fact that people are talking about it, people are wanting to come is kind of exciting, which I'm like, what? That Wait. You're surprised? Also, by the way, it, it wasn't small. It wasn't small. Yeah. I guess it was still invite only, but it wasn't that small. But wasn't it funny when she was sitting there like, wow, it's kind of crazy that people in the industry want in. Like, what the fuck? Of I course know. They want in. I'm like, Brad Pitt was at Sunday service. Of course they want in. Yeah. Everybody wanted in, especially in Paris. Of course. This was kind of just an anecdote, but they were saying how when Kanye met Kim, like one of, I don't know, earlier, he was doing his second show in Paris and Kim didn't know where to do, you know, where to go or what to do because she came alone, but she wanted to get him a cake to celebrate, which I don't know. I love those little anecdotes. Oh my God. I love those little anecdotes. And what she was saying was that the friend that they're with, when Kim came to that show in Paris, she ended up leaving with a friend and she had texted Kanye or said something like, oh, I just left with these two random people. Like, I guess they didn't really know each other at the time and they kind of took care of Kim. It's very funny looking back. I also just, we're not getting into this, but you know my thoughts, which is that their marriage is a little bit on the rocks. So I like reminiscing on seemingly simpler times. Yes. Okay. Anyway, next scene, we're back with Chloe and Chris in the confessional saying that they have to think of the end of the prank. So basically Chris's idea is that while they're in Paris, you know, Kim and Courtney, Chris is going to call and say that she is going to Palm Springs. She made a reservation for this rehab. So they call and basically Kim is just really confused and she's kind of in an uncomfortable spot. Like she wants to continue the joke, but also what Chris is saying is pretty serious. And I think Kim doesn't really know how to handle it necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's not like, this is where Kim should have stepped in and been like, okay, the joke's over, but she let it go on for Chloe's sake, which is hilarious. So she literally called, she said, guys, mom called me. She's checking herself into rehab. She can't go away to rehab. I feel bad. She's having sleepless nights. Should we tell her? Like Kim is, poor Kim. They really, they really screwed her in this one. Yeah, they really did. She got, she got way worse than Chris did. So in her confessional, Kim's saying, I don't know how I got roped into it. It was not my prank, but if they want to keep it going, I'm not going to ruin it for them. But my mom can't go to rehab. We're not going to let her go to rehab. (laughs) and Kim's like, I do not have the heart to be in this situation. Anyway, they're saying that, you know, in regards to the fashion show, because of Corona and the uncertainty of the show, they didn't even know if it was going to happen. So clothes are still being sewn and shipped in. And she's saying Connie's pretty calm about this because he always gets it done last minute, but Kim's really nervous. And I think this just speaks to a general theme that happens a lot where Kim is in these situations that if it was up to her, it would never happen like this, but she has no other choice than to just go along with it. Right. And also like it's out of Kim's control because it's not even her thing. 
It's also funny. Kim spoke in this car for probably 10, 15 minutes straight, I have to imagine. And I don't think Courtney said one word to her. Yeah. Courtney did not even look at her. <laughs> it's so true. But I, 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 that's an interesting dynamic, kind of. Like the pre, forgetting about Kim and Courtney, I'm just saying like when one person has nerves and there's really nothing you can do to kind of calm it, so you're just listening. Yeah, you just let them talk it out. Because they yeah. kind of, they always end up talking in circles anyway. Yeah. Next scene, Chris is at lunch with Faye Resnick and they're just talking about the dog. Faye's like, you're not jealous of the dog. And Chris like kind of is. I think this is when she realizes I, I kind of am jealous of this little puppy. That's cute though. She says in her confessional, as much as I love Bridget, I'm so used to getting all of Corey's attention when we're together, but Faye is probably right. It's really silly for me to be jealous of Bridget. Oh, Bridget. How is this an episode? I, like, please help me. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I can't, I can't honestly give you a good reason why Chris is sitting at lunch with Faye Resnick trying to discuss their dog, Bridget, and why she feels jealous of the dog. It's because they know, and I've said this before and I will say it again, they know that they have us by the balls. There are very few things they could do that we're going to not watch. So they're taking their time in terms of getting to the plots. And while I'm frustrated by it, I'm also like, we did this. We, we made you like this. Like we have created this monster and now look at what it's doing. Like, do I want to watch Chris and Corey fight about the dog? No. But also if they're going to throw it being in Chris's bedroom, I'm down because I want to see every inch of that bedroom as much as I can. Yeah, I'm not fast forwarding through shit. You're right. Right. Like, I am not fast forwarding through shit. (laughs) 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay, next scene, Kim and North are in the car on the way to Kanye's show. They're waiting for Penelope and Courtney. And you can tell they're really stressed. She wants to almost leave without Courtney. And Kim asks if they want to listen to North's song in the car. And she asks her when she's going to debut it to the world. And North goes, my daddy knows. I don't know. So Kim FaceTimes Connie to say they're pulling up. And the driver keeps circling around because the traffic is so crazy. And you can see they walk in. And Connie is so excited to see North. I think like, listen, we know Connie's a narcissist, obviously. But I do think there's something additionally special about having his children watch him in his in his craft, which anybody that's, that goes for anybody. Even like, I remember Kevin Jonas was saying how exciting it was the first time his kids came to one of his shows. Like that's a really really cool feeling. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Also, I don't think Kanye and the kids, and we'll get into this in a second. I just don't think Kanye's relationship with the kids extends to the way Kanye is with everybody else. No, it's the, it's the one thing. It's the one thing that humbles him. Yeah. And Kim, I think most of the time. Yeah. So Kim saying, you know, there's a lot of people there. It's making her a little nervous because of Corona, but she's trying not to panic. And Kanye takes North up with him. I, this was my favorite part of the episode, obviously, just for a lot of reasons. But anyway, North walks up at the end of the show. She has her mic in hand. And Kim's like, I had no idea what the fashion show was going to look like itself. But then when Connie asked North, do you want to sing? She's like, I just got the nerves. She's like, I see her at Sunday service, but there's something about her doing it on her own in front of all these people for the first time. She's never even been up on a stage and practice. So to see her up there, my nerves are just, I've honestly, I started crying because I'm just so happy for her, but I'm so nervous. So North is up there. She does her song, Kim's crying. And I want to read the next line, but then I want to make a point because Kim says, I'm just so proud of how confident she is. She obviously gets that from her dad and it just makes me so happy that she's not afraid to try anything. That to me was so much fun to see. You know, she's just so fearless and I love that about her and I'm such a proud mom. And she's singing her song and she's saying, I love you, Penelope. Kanye is so proud. And, you know, in the confessional court, he's saying with everything's going on, it's just really cool that Kanye was able to do the show and to see North have no fear and to get up there, that was really cool. But a couple of things. First of all, it's so rare that we see Kim have like a moment of emotionally crying because she's so happy versus we've always seen Kim with the ugly cry. So to see her kind of like have this sentimental moment, I think was different. And also take away all of the accolades of what was going on. Like take away the fact that they're at Kanye show in Paris and you know, North is doing the song, take that out. I just think what Kim was saying is like, as any parent watching your child, specifically your daughter, who society is so mean to women, like to be so confident and to have this, this kind of just ability to get up there and just not care what's going on. I think I can imagine the pride that would bring a parent. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's also such a rare quality to have because, you know, it's not just the, the ability to get on a stage and do anything, especially at that age is so rare, but for a stage of that size of that magnitude with, you know, North being North and having some understanding that, you know, this is her dad's show, which means it's a big deal for her to have the confidence to get up there and do that was, it it was crazy. And also one point that I, that I was thinking about is like through all the Kanye bullshit, when you're kind of sitting there and you're like, what is Kim doing? 
you have these moments, I guess, where you watch Kanye bring North on stage at one of his biggest shows ever to close the show out by singing her song that she made up, like, and allowing her to do that was such a special moment that you kind of had this moment where you're like, I get that there are obviously two sides of Kanye, but I can see why one, it tends to be more overpowering than the other. Well, yeah, because nobody ever said he's a bad dad ever. No, but you can see why I just think in that moment, you can see why Kim is like, I guess, able to put up with some things because there are certain things that then balance it out. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And I think it's just when I was watching Kim, I could tell, I think this is kind of, I'm trying to, as you were talking, I was listening to you, but I was also trying to think of how I wanted to phrase what I'm saying because I have this thought in my head, which is like, I think that there's something about being a kid where you're just so not jaded. No matter how famous you are, no matter how wealthy your parents are, there's this idea about being a kid when you you still, everything is just exciting and everything is cool and you don't really understand the implications of what goes on. And I think it's so hard for adults to not think about, oh my God, getting on stage in front of all these people and this and that and the paparazzi and what the shows are going to say. And And I think for Kim, it was so almost like, liberating and beautiful to watch North just be a kid in that moment. Oh yeah. And that's what I think was so cool about it. Definitely. It was, it was so great. You know, obviously North, you know, knows it's her dad's show and knows it's a, you know, a relatively big deal as much as like a child can conceptualize that idea, but she doesn't know it. Like she doesn't know it in the grand scheme of life. So yeah, it was, as crazy as, as it was for her to get up on stage and have that level of confidence and assurance, it was also so childlike at the same time, which was beautiful. Exactly. And so they're at dinner after the show and, you know, Courtney's just telling Connie, it was so great. And they're all telling North how great it was. And Kim was saying, you know, she's like, I was crying. I really felt like a stage mom. And North and Penelope just have such a special relationship. Like they're leaning over, they're talking to each other. And in her confessional, Kim says, I think the fashion show is amazing. When Connie says he wants to do something, he makes it happen. And he's wanted to come back and do a fashion show. He did it in a big way and we'll always have these memories. They'll never forget it. And that means a lot to me. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. I genuinely do think that Kim, her, her like number one thing in life is just having these memories. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Next scene, Corey comes home with the puppy and this is so fucking stupid. I can't even handle it, but fine. (laughs) Chris is sitting in the chair in a full-blown dog costume. And they basically have this whole conversation when she admits that she's feeling neglected. He says what's on his mind. And of course, the only reason I'm even mentioning this scene is because she says, well, you should see what's underneath this. And they go up to the bedroom. They make Bridget stay outside. And Corey just says, just give us uh, 20, 25 minutes. I love it. It's like, he knows he's not going to say, give us two hours. He's like, listen, let me be realistic here. It's going to take around 20, 25 minutes. I've, I've been around the block once, once a time. It's so funny because even in the dumbest scene can be, ma- be made into an amazing scene when Chris and Corey go into a bedroom together. That's what I'm saying. Like you guys realize we are literally sitting here. Chris is in a dog costume. Like when that scene came on my screen, I was like, guys, stop. Someone, someone do something. Meanwhile, they, they take it and they go to a bedroom. And I'm like, yep, this was all worth it. How did they get Chris to put on a full dog costume? You know, she as as much of the boss as she is, she is pretty down. I don't know. Dog costume seems different, but you're right. She is she is down. What episode was it? It was so long ago. And who was it that I called a down ass bitch? I was just gonna say that. And you I were mean, like, 
we do it and you're like, did you just say a down ass bitch? <laughs> Something's telling me it was Courtney, but I, do, I can't imagine that being the case. Maybe it was Kim. I don't know. When you said down ass bitch, that was like, that I, I had forgotten about it. And the memory of you saying that was just like harsh for me right now. Was it a little triggering for you? Yeah. I just don't know why you ever said that. I don't know. Sometimes we just have these, these things come over us, you know? I guess, but I don't know. So last scene, we're at Kim's house and it's Scott and Kim. And they're just kind of talking about the show. And Scott goes, I just could not get over North grabbing the mic and getting up and doing a full performance. And Kim's like, because there was no prep time. I'm like, thank God, I would have been a nervous wreck. And Kim's saying how you know she would have asked her a million questions to make sure she was okay and ready. And Scott goes, the best too was the shout out to Penelope and giving her the point, which we didn't talk about that, but that was the best when North is standing there. She's like, I love you, Penelope. So good. And also there was something, I can't even explain it, but something about Scott pointing that out was the cutest thing in the world to me. Yeah, I I just love, he adds so much to the show. This show is significantly less exciting when Scott's not there. Agreed. The thing with Scott, I think, like the reason it was so cute is because it could have been anywhere. Like it could have been anything that they were doing, any size audience, any little performance that North could have done. And he would have thought North pointing out to Penelope would have been equally as special. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, Chris calls Kim. She asks if she has a second. Chris, Kim is saying, you know, I'm filming. So Chris asks her to step away. She takes her mic off. She walks out of the room. Scott is obviously so excited. And basically, this is when they're saying, you know, Kim's, Chris is telling Kim that she drove to Palm Springs. She's going to rehab. She's like, she, you know, you're the only person I'm telling. They're taking my phone. I'm being checked in. And Kim's, Kim just doesn't know what the fuck to do, I think. No, Kim is, Kim is out of her element here. Kim has absolutely no idea. She's like, no, mom, mom, it's a prank. It's a prank. And Chris is the acting here. No, I'm. I know last time I said that Corey deserved an EGOT, but I don't know. She's given him a run for his money. Agreed. Like, so when, after Kim tells her this is a prank, Chris is like, are you fucking out of your mind? Are you fucking crazy, Kim? Are you crazy? This is a fucking prank and I'm at the Betty Ford Center. And Scott in his confessional says, you know, I always knew Chris is the jack of all trades. So I figure she can pull off pretty much anything that she's doing exceptionally well. I mean, she's the next Meryl Streep. <laughs> and... Basically, they're having this whole back and forth. Kim does not know what to do. I think she genuinely thinks Chris is just like, I don't, do you think I'm like, okay, no bullshit. Just do you think I'm stupid for believing that this was legit? The only thing is like with Chris is that it's not like this is Chris's first experience with drinking. So like, it's not like it would be so unbelievable for her to say something and be like, I'm in rehab because of this. Like, if, if the prank was an isolated incident and she thought she had one night that got out of hand, there's no way that Kim would have believed this. But Chris is bit around the block. Like, Chris is Chris always has a drink in her hand. Like, I'm not saying Chris is an alcoholic by any means. But I'm just saying it's a little bit more believable when you think back on Chris's drinking in general. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyway, Chris, they hang up and you can see Kim is panicking and she sends a very panicked voice note, which love a voice note, really feel like we're all, we're all in it together. And she says, guys, my mom is going to kill us all. She just tucked herself into the Betty Ford Center over the photos and she called me as her one phone call before she had to give up her phone for 30 days. So I had to tell her it was a prank and she's cursing, cursing me out and screaming at me and I don't know what to do. So basically Kim sends a very panicked voice note to her family group chat 
saying like, I had to tell mom it was a prank. She's checking herself in. This is not a drill. And then of course you see Chris walk out into the room. She's like, just got back from rehab. It was great. I feel so much better. And Scott is just in awe. He's like, wow, you killed that. And Kim's like, I didn't even do the prank. Like, why do I have to have the stress and anxiety? And they're like, you were the only one left. And Chris goes, well, if we all got quarantined, we would have a lot of fun. And Scott goes, yeah, we would do what we do every day. Every day we're basically quarantined to each other. And Chris says, back to the drawing board. What are we going to think of next? You're welcome, everybody, for the entertainment. Happy Thursday. What a Chris exit. First of all, what a Chris exit. But second of all, when they're like, huh, forever quarantined. Ha ha. Exactly. Like, like, oh my God, you guys have no idea. You guys have no idea. No idea what's coming. Also, I just got to go on record. I like didn't think that this prank, the first part was fine, but like the rehab thing took it a little far. Like I definitely could see this getting just backlash for not, for making light of, of something like rehab's kind of a serious thing. And I just feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I have to mention that. Don't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think this is one of those things where the prank was definitely done with like good, funny intentions, but I could of course see people like thinking that that element of it was insensitive. Of course. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge that. But anyway, I think this is like, I don't know what to tell you. I hope next week is a little bit better. I think that they're probably slowly easing us in, which is fine. They know that they have us, but my highlights from this episode were the little bit of Chris and Corey interaction when she's in the doll costume, they walk into the bedroom and obviously North on stage and kind of Kim's whole reaction around that. Those were probably my two highlights. Mine was Scott and a Jewish star necklace. Yeah. Julie, that's all Julie's going to be thinking about. It's, uh, yeah, I actually have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. We will see you, Isabel and I will see you tomorrow for our Bravo episode. Um, Anything else you want to mention, Julie? I think that's it, kid. Don't forget to follow Overheard Celebs. We have a lot of really good things being posted on there. Really exciting. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you.